0: Hey, you're listening to Featuring Filmmakers,
1: a podcast where we talk to people in the filmmaking industry about their projects and the creative process behind making them. My name is JJ.
0: And I'm Amanda. And this is Featuring Filmmakers. To give you more context around this conversation, we highly recommend watching the project discussed on the blog at FeaturingFilmmakers.com. In today's episode, we talk to Jens Jacob, who's a producer based out of California. We discuss his feature film called After Death and the experience he had while making it. We're talking a lot of producer shop in this episode. Without further ado, Jens Jacob.
1: We always start these conversations just giving a brief history about yourself um, and how you fell into the role that you find yourself in now.
2: You know, I just found myself creating in, in different mediums. Early on, it was a it was graphic design. That turned into motion graphics, uh, visual effects. And so I just would pick up, you know, a piece of paper or a computer program and I would just start designing or, or creating something. And the evolution of, of creativity ended up moving into video and then from that, getting behind a camera. And so I kind of did a little bit of everything when I first started. I just was so fascinated by all the different mediums and ways to create and found myself landing in filmmaking. I I, I tell people this a lot that I felt like for me, filmmaking felt like the pinnacle of creating and why that was true for me was just because it felt like you needed all the other art forms for film to, to exist. You can't in its current stage have film without picture or without graphic or without art or without sound music, uh, you know, and and the list goes, goes on. And so it just felt like, oh, this is the highest form. This is the paramount of, 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 of creativity in its current form. And so I found myself, I was, uh, thinking, okay, I'm going to become, uh, a filmmaker. And I thought I was, I wanted to be a cinematographer that that's kind of how, how it originally started. Loved composition, making things look good, lighting, all, all, all of that. And, started doing that locally in tampa florida that's where i was uh brought up and uh did some uh gigs and jobs uh for i had an internship um that turned into a job with the Tampa lightning which was the hockey team out in tampa and we would do all the like motion graphics and stuff on the scoreboard and, and stuff like that and cool the cool thing about being there was um uh, the team was also owned by the form itself and the form would do a lot of like concerts and you know taylor swift would perform there to you know shout
0: out taylor
2: taylor we love you <laughs> they would let me during off hours cam op and and do stuff that i've always wanted to do i mean i got my first steady cam gig working there so it was like really cool to like just explore different mediums and opportunities to shoot and that eventually led a, a, a freelance gig with uh, ESPN, and we started doing um, some stuff with my friend's dad's company, and kind of felt like at the time that was kind of it. It felt like you were either going to get into like news or uh, sports. And funny enough, like any of my family would would be laughing right now, but I'm I'm like the least sports guy, like in. <laughs> Known to man like so it's just like I'll watch like the Super Bowl or like, you know, some something big, but that's about it. I don't really follow any teams or anything like that. So it was ironic that I landed a, a job in sports. Um, so I just didn't feel like that was it for me. I didn't feel called to to, to do that and uh, felt like to take it seriously. I needed to move to a major market. It was like go to L.A., go to New York or go to Miami. And I chose L.A. because I thought it was going to be the hardest and I convinced myself that if this is the hardest place to move to, then maybe I'll be more focused or more um, in, mm-hmm. inspired and, and, and driven to to make sure I make it out there. It was like either I'm living in a box in L.A. or I've, I'm going to make my dream come true. And so that's kind of how I landed in L.A. Again, I thought at the time I was going to be a cinematographer. And um, I think I quickly realized... I didn't have the patience time and commitment that it was going to take to really develop that craft. But I realized very fairly quickly that I was very naturally, whatever gifted or or inclined to business and logistics and being creative around making something happen and and, and come alive. And after that music video shoot, I got to sit with the with the producer. The producer basically agreed to have coffee with me. I was just like, hey, would you would you just can I have 30 minutes of your time? And and that was the most informative conversation that I had that really transformed my path to what I am doing now. Without that insight, I don't think I would have even known fully what a producer does.
0: I was going to ask you, could you give a brief definition for those who are still kind of learning what a producer is? Could you just sort of um, capture it in, you know, a brief little synopsis of what that looks like, what that job looks like?
2: Unfortunately, there's not one definition I can give just because there's so many different types of producers uh, on a project. The the term is vague. At the core of it, there's three types of producers that I've basically identified. They're not technical terms, so you probably wouldn't call yourselves th- uh, these things. Uh, but I remember somebody telling me you have to be good at one of the three. Uh, you can't, nobody can be all three. Uh, essentially you have to you have to focus on one of the three. Uh, so line producing is the common one. Uh, line producing is essentially where you are helping uh put together and control the logistics and and budget uh, for everything, so you're the on the ground boot, boots on the ground. You're, you're you're getting everything done, hiring the crews, uh, managing the finances, dealing with all the 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 crazy logistics that that come with that. Uh, the second is uh, a, a creative producer. Uh, a creative producer essentially could generate the idea, and then find support around the idea might be finding a director or a scriptwriter or something around it It doesn't always have to generate the idea but it is somebody that is call it like the lead propulsion of a lot of the high level creative that might be shaping around with it and sometimes that's key personnel or sometimes that is really the ip uh behind it the third type of producer is a sales producer he or she is Solely responsible for how this is going to get sold, distributed. Because uh, it's one thing to have a film or a project. But if you can't get it out there in the marketplace, it, it's almost dead in the water. It's only 50% of the way there. To your audience is probably a lot of people that do commercials and, and music videos and, and short form content. And even in that context, it can change slightly. the The common one there is probably... Uh, a line producer and then like an exec producer that probably is on the company side. A lot of the creative is already developed at an agency level, and then you are tasked to then create you know the 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 project that is already in the framework that's laid out. Um, so an exec producer is probably more handling the finances, the client, and all that, and the line producers kind of similar all around. Uh, a producer is to a director or to a production the same as a a wedding planner is to a wedding. Everybody understands the the framework of a, of a wedding. Mostly, you know, you have a, you have a couple that has like an idea, um, often not maybe knowing all the right vendors or the right, um, particular ways to, to, to create this vision. So you're coming around this idea or this person or the, the, this team to help really guide shape and, 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 Execute on that particular thing.
0: So, on this specific project, After Death, the feature we're talking about today, what was your role?
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I usually do play a little bit of both creative and line. Um, I would say that's where my my strengths lie because I've I've been a line producer for for seven years. The last five years has been um playing more of an, a creative producer slash exec producer in in my company. Uh, so, Cipher Studios now does original content. Uh, We got really um, lucky in 2017. One of our doc features uh, did a theatrical run, was successful. And because of that, a lot more, uh, you know, things opened up for us as a company, um, including uh, path to financing, path to distribution. And so because of that, we've been able to partner with different, creatives and filmmakers and 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 be able to try to figure out how to take that from an idea st- uh, stage to something that you might see on screen um so yeah this particular project after death um was more of a, a yeah creative producer
1: tell us a little bit about the journey of pre-production on after death
2: things take a lot longer than you e- expect we we Tried pitching it around and seeing if, you know, from an idea standpoint, if this is something that could be viable, you know, you get more no's than yeses in any uh, scenario when you're like particularly asking for for money or anything like that. So that was difficult. Uh, Eventually, when we got the project funded, um, COVID had just hit. It was a very, very difficult place to be as a producer for, I'm sure, a lot of people. But, yeah, for us particularly, because we did... um, eventually find a way to be able to do this. And, and thankfully everything went well. Um, we, we haven't had a single case of COVID on any of our, our, our productions. It, ideally pre-production should be where the whole film gets made. And if you do this right, uh, everything else should be a lot more streamlined, uh, free flowing. It's the cheapest time that you're ever going to have to be able to make this movie. You're breaking down the script. You're trying to figure out um, how you're going to uh, get this done for the limited budget that you might have. You never have enough money, you know, when you're trying to do something. So you're trying to figure out what are the 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 corners you're cutting, what are the the focuses that you're you're you're, you're doing.
0: That's true. That's what a producer wants, right? The cheapest time that because you've got so much to juggle. You do.
2: So this particular film, After Death, is a hybrid film. It's a half documentary, half narrative. Uh, so we had scripted scenes, um, and that's now becoming more and more common. But even at the time, it, we really didn't really have much of a framework to go on. So it was very unique. Um, our The last film that we did, The Heart of Man, w- was one of the first that I had known of that even attempted to do something like that. But the film itself is about near-death experiences, people that have died and come back to life and have experienced something uh, on the other side. When we had started the film, one of the stats was 10, there was 10, 000, over 10,000 recorded experiences in the U.S. alone of people that have uh, come come back and have been medically pronounced dead and have, have come back. Uh, so I say all that as context, too. So what we were doing in the doc was sharing a lot of these stories and different types of stories than how they have similar through lines. Um, but then also the narrative layer of our of our film was recreating a lot of the the death scenes and their experiences there afterwards.
0: The director brought this to you, you and your co-producer. You guys sat with it together and said, okay, let's make this via Cypher Studios. And then you started the documentation process. And with that, what did that then look like?
2: A lot of the research had been done. Uh, We still did pre-interviews. A lot of what we indexed on were people that had New York Times bestselling books um, that were either already known stories or um, well-documented research. You know, we would try to get the best of the best about any particular domain uh, experience. So uh, people that understood death, people that understood uh, Indies, we wanted it to feel like, oh, we did our research and we found it in different places and, and more of a global
1: issue. As you're producing After Death, do you have any like inside tips as a from a producer of things that you use? Are you using like um, you know, Excel sheets and Google Docs? Like what does it look like from your end? I feel like everybody has their own process, but I think it would be cool to just equip listeners with some thoughts of what you use and your method for organization as a producer. Yeah, I mean Google's
2: my best friend. I find myself mainly using that. But yeah, I think um we don't love doing monotonous <laughs> tedious like things. Uh you know, sometimes it's just, you know, we know that these are things that have to be done to 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 properly run the production and uh but nobody wants to sit in a spreadsheet. Nobody wants to Uh, And at the same time, um, in the same breath, I could say I find a lot of creativity in processes and systems and being able to uh, find creativity to me is just another term for problem solving. Very excited and proud to say that because of some of those problems and issues, I've also decided to tackle that problem myself where we created our own uh, budgeting Uh, and financial management platform called Saturation. And that's something that uh, just recently came out. So it's fairly new on the market. We're very much a David and a Goliath situation. What is Saturation? So Saturation um, started out as a budgeting tool. Um, I basically wanted to make a more collaborative experience for what it looked like for managing your finances. Uh, I found myself using you know, different sheets or excels or, you know, uh, different tools for various different things. And sometimes even for different types of projects, I found myself using different budgeting tools. Like I would use movie magic for a feature film and I would use hot budget for a a music video. And I'm like, this is essentially the same thing. Why am I using two different Mm. things for, for what should be the same process? So saturation aims to solve this by being a, uh, a collaborative financial management system, uh, for projects and productions. Uh, so we just bring everything in one place, vertically integrate everything. So from budgeting, managing the budget, actualizing, um, it gives you automated insights to where you are at your project at any given time. That was always a struggle for us on previous projects where you just sometimes didn't know, where you are at in your particular project or budget. And when you're working on something as big as, you know, a feature that could be millions of dollars, that's very problematic if you don't know where a couple hundred thousand dollars is at any given yeah. time. So uh, I believe uh, we've, we've done a really great job to solve a lot of these issues that I think producers and production companies have yeah. around managing finances. Um, so yeah, something worth checking out if you guys... Uh, Check
0: it out, y'all.
1: That's super cool. I mean, yes, I'm gonna use it. I feel like yes. we need to try it out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get on. Heck
0: yeah. It. I'm gonna need it because listen, keeping track of I like I said, I do a lot of producing, but keeping track of all the the Excel sheets and Google Drives and docs, it's just it's a lot. It's a lot after a while. So to have it in one specific spot, that's a beautiful thing.
2: Uh, one, you don't have to worry about formulas and things like that. We do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. So that can get tricky when you're sharing with multiple people. It takes one person to break a formula and your entire, it's why we it's literally been... just
1: did that last week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, this is not right. We got to this fix this. Number is
2: not right. It's Who why for that? so, so long that it's been a siloed process that one person would only like handle the budget or the, the, the particular thing is because you don't want anybody else messing with it. Uh, but we felt like if you can give, uh, the right access controls and the right proper, um, views to things uh, you can keep it all in one place inside of saturation instead of it being like call it like separate budgets you can actually just share the art department's parts of their budget inside of saturation
0: that is a gift right there come on everybody
2: after death uh, was like completely done in saturation and and before that it was called green budget the, the the beta version of it so yeah it's been tremendous in how it's transformed a lot of our processes.
1: I'd love to talk about production a little bit. Were you on set for the entirety of this production?
2: Yeah, that's kind of evolved for me over time uh, because I had done a lot of line producing uh, in my career. I was more used to, you know, doing everything essentially on, on the ground. Uh, and as we've more formally uh, built out the company, we have now um, a strong team that um that is behind it all and so for me i feel like i've done my job right when i've hired everybody around me that's better than me in what they're doing Mm -hmm. and so that i think is my ultimate purpose and and part to play in this production uh so yeah on set it's it's a lot of um oversight and yeah trying to make sure that everything runs smoothly
1: was there any major fires you had to put out on after death
2: i mean overall it was it was, it was an amazing shoot i mean we, we we shot most of the narrative um the narrative scenes in baja mexico yeah yeah so we, we got really lucky because um a, like a friend of a friend was like one of the best producers in mexico this particular studio. Is where they they built the studio for the Titanic, and so uh, it's the largest like water studio I think. Uh, That's cool uh, out there. You know, obviously like uh, production shutting down. Like we were ready to go, and then like the world shut down, and then we had to figure out how to adjust to something like that.
0: How long was this shoot?
2: We spent roughly I think twenty four days in principal photography. And then the nature of a doc is sometimes it's, like, ever-evolving. I don't know if you guys remember this, but last year there was a story that broke out. Every major um, outlet was covering it. But it was it was essentially the first time that the human brain had ever been recorded uh, while it was dying. In the middle of us in post-production of this documentary. And we were like, hold on. That is unbelievable we need to talk to that guy that was predominantly the doctor behind the the research of this and he was super happy to talk with us about his research around this and he was able to basically his research proved at the point of when when the person was dying uh there was a particular blip on on this on this radar that showed that the particular part of the brain that it was flaring up was is your memories and it showed for the first time that you know when they say life flashes uh before yeah. your eyes when you die? It's real. That it was real. Whoa. Wow, what is happening? That was what just okay. happened. The craziest
0: okay. Oh my god. If you're, if you're listening to this, <laughs> what the hell he's just explaining happened? this story and <laughs> <laughs> balloons just flew up on his screen. In did, that you know moment,
2: did I just? Is it my hand movements? What? Just I think happened? those no, balloons. It was God.
0: It was God.
2: Those what? balloons were your that memories. Was the most miraculous.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm serious. What? You guys, I'm, we're not joking. My balloons
2: hands are right there. I, I, I didn't do it. I, I, I don't know I didn't what either. that was.
0: Who was that?
2: Very what? interesting. Um, okay. Well, that was cool. But yeah, so essentially. Um, it was incredible to have that as a part of the doc while we were trying to put together the best research. And everything prior to that was in the past. Again, like we weren't, we were in post production already and we stopped dead in our tracks to go shoot this and try to figure out how to make it work in the doc.
1: Speaking of post production, were you involved? Do you see, you know, do you see some of the steps along the way or is it kind of off your plate at that point?
2: yeah, we, I mean, we might be very unique in this. I, I, um, but we're very involved when it comes to all parts of the process, um, both, uh, I guess in the making and, and create creatively. So like, we'll see like early cuts, we'll be a part of, uh, discussions and dialogues around that. And, uh, you know, early on it, it, Kind of becomes like a round table of like hearing different people's thoughts and opinions and and trying to figure out between our internal team what's working what's not working um while still making sure that it maintains the creativity or the the creative integrity that we set out to to
1: make once it's complete are you involved with the release plans or because angel came on as a distributor did they take care of all of that
2: uh it's still very um filmmaker focused uh i don't know if that's true for call it any kind of traditional means uh we are very much involved with all the marketing calls and um ultimately they have decision power over it because they're distributing it but uh we've been very very involved um yeah so everything from social media assets to trailers and um yeah we we were we were definitely creatively involved cool
0: what would you say is one of the biggest things that you learned from this project being you know producer of after death what did you find that you took with you um to your next to your next job but then also just took with you for your life
2: Every project teaches us something, uh, you know, no two projects are the same. They could have same frameworks, but you know, it's just everything about it is going to be so different. And I think I always learn, uh, that you should be open-handed about that. You should be constantly evolving. You should constantly be, uh, able to learn from your past mistakes. And, and I, I go back to the idea of like, I wish we did more of some of the things that we had to end up doing in post and pre-production, You know, so I think that's the thing that I'm I'm constantly trying to guide and counsel people is, uh, and even um, down to... Get it done in
0: pre, guys. Get it done in pre.
2: And you know what? It it may have even been done in pre, but how important communication in pre is to make sure all of your key stakeholders and parties are all on the same page about what it is in pre-production.
1: Thank you for this conversation. It's been super interesting. Um, I feel like I'm walking away with some some cool tools and pockets of information. so thankful for that.
0: It's been really fun having a producer on the podcast. I loved learning from you today and just appreciate your time and also really looking forward to this film.
2: Yeah, th- thank you so much. It means a lot. And same, I same, I always say this that producers don't share enough about some of these like experiences and real world problems and it often is a very siloed, Uh, Part of the process, like you don't want to talk about money or you don't want to talk about the details, uh, and just stay like high level creative and you know all that stuff when you're talking about something publicly, but. I think it's so important for all of us to be able to like learn and grow from each other and to decentralize that information.
0: Thank you, Jens, you're the best. Since learning about Saturation, we are so excited to share that we started using it and we have an affiliate link for you. If you are in need of an amazing cloud-based financial management platform for your productions, you're in luck. Saturation is here to help companies manage freelancers and independent contractors by streamlining their productions, budgets, payments, and actualizations. With their user-friendly interface and integrations, managing your finances has never been easier. And today, you can get your first month free if you sign up using our affiliate link. To find this link, check out our bio on Instagram or head to featuringfilmmakers.com and look for Jen's J. Jacob's episode. Featuring Filmmakers is made possible by Harvest Film Company.
1: To dive into content about these projects that we discuss, you can go to our blog on featuringfilmmakers.com, where we have everything laid out with behind the scenes, the original project discussed, and additional episodes there. So check us out at featuringfilmmakers.com.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Love you. Bye.